everybody. How's it going? My name is Jordan. Welcome back to another episode of the Lucky Dip Podcast. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, let me just give you a quick explanation of what it is. So I'm a co-founder of a gaming organization called Cryus Gaming, and we're looking to compete in a variety of games. We also make some content on YouTube and TikTok and all that fun stuff. I just graduated with a communications degree in broadcast media studies. So I've had the variety to meet a lot of cool people. And what this podcast is sort of about is, you know, business. I can talk to some people about that since I'm starting a business, you know, part of a startup. Uh, Usually we have a big focus on gaming, on esports, since, like I said, I'm co-founder of a gaming organization. So meeting people in that industry is really great. So we kind of talk just with friends. We talk about people who are part of the company, talk about business people, and kind of just the struggles and the triumphs, you could say, of having a startup. And hopefully we can look back at this and and listen back to some of the first episodes and be like, oh my goodness, can you remember when this happened or they weren't sure about this or they didn't have this team yet and kind of see where we're growing. So this is also sort of like a roadmap um, regarding the business and seeing how things go, which is really exciting. So enough about me. Enough about what the intro is to the podcast. I'm sure lots of you are returning listeners. And if you are, thank you. Give it a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Give it a five-star. Give it a little review. I'm pretty sure you can do that on Spotify and whatever other platform you're listening on. So I'd really appreciate that. It helps get the word out. Let's everybody know, hey, this guy's kind of cool. He has some things to talk about. And I enjoy listening to him for a little bit. And hey, I wouldn't blame you if you listen to this in two times speed. Because the only time I listen to podcasts is, or the only way, rather, is in two times speed. Because... It just it's just the way I comprehend things easier. I don't know why. It's very weird, but that's why it sucks when there's only like a 20-minute podcast because I'm done that thing in 10 minutes, right? So, hey, I'm going to try to make this one like 45 minutes or so. Listen to it two times speed. There's half an hour every day gone. Go for a little walk. Catch some Pokemon. That's what I usually do. Something you love to see. And, uh, yeah, so today, uh, just going to be me. Um, we're on the fifth episode of this, by the way, which is very impressive because that means I've been doing this for, you know, over a month consistently every week which we love to see that commitment and we're gonna keep going because I, I love doing this and I've had a couple of guests in the in the past couple of weeks and this week is just gonna be me gonna have a few topics that we're gonna touch on and honestly I kind of like mixing it up like I, I do enjoy when it's just me talking for a little bit because then you know I get to have a bit more of my perspective out there I get to talk about a variety of different topics whatever I kind of feel like but then on that on the flip side I also really like having guests on because then they got to tell their stories we get to hang out for a little bit, just talk, and you guys got to hear different perspectives and all of that. So uh, I think going on, I, I kind of like this, like one week on, one week off, um, having a guest, not having a guest. Of course, down the line, like that might change. I might have more guests frequently. There might be a couple of weeks where nobody's available, and it might get a little tougher down the line once I actually, you know, can do this in person, which is ultimately what I want to do. Like, I don't want to be using my um, my microphone that I use like through my computer right now because it's just like it's like not bad It's just a snowball blue or whatever. I can't remember. I got it a few years ago So it gets decent, but I, I have actual microphones like actual like recording devices and whatnot It's just I didn't really want to use that right now because Everything's just online. So I'm like, I'm not gonna dig that up and I can't have people over here anyways And I don't have a studio yet So, you know once down the line once all that stuff happens if you know We eventually get a Christ gaming compound or something. I'm gonna definitely have a podcast studio in there um, not just for me, but for everybody else, because Alex, my co-founder for Christ Gaming, has done a lot of podcast stuff. He did an internship last year with that. So both of us like doing that, and also I used to work in radio, so I like all that audio jazz. Although I don't want to go into that industry, it's still interesting. Um, yeah, so I also want to have a video component eventually. 
the whole spiel that I just said there is just to tell you guys that things are going to get better. It might not stay consistent, like one week there's a guest, one week there's not a guest, but we'll see how it goes down the line. The audio quality is going to get better. There's going to be some video components later on. We're going to get this thing rolling. It's just starting now. You know, I think the I think the difference between how some people operate and like how I used to operate is um, there's two different types like a ways you can usually approach things. Um, from my perspective, at least, it's like you can either wait until everything is perfect and then execute. This is mostly with creative things. Uh, I should probably mention too. So you can like wait till you have the best equipment. You can wait till you have the best script. You can wait till you have the best people for it. Whatever the case may be for the situation, and then you kind of do it and you execute it, and it looks really sick and it took a lot of time and whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just a really good product. Then there's the other side where it's like you might not have the best stuff yet. But the content's still there, the storytelling's still there, the ideas are still there. So it's like, just get it out there and get started right now and things will come, things will fall in place. Just start working with it because, um, yeah. So those are the two examples. Reason I bring that up is because I used to be more of the first example where it's like I wanted to have the best camera or the best editing techniques or the best, um, I don't even know what else there might be uh, out there that would kind of stop me from creating things because I'm like, no, if it's not gonna be the best, I don't wanna post it or I don't want to create it because I only want to create the best that there is. Um, I used to use that a lot as an excuse to like not do stuff like this podcast, for example, like I wanted, I, I want to do this podcast for a long time, but I was just like, no, like, I don't know if I'll have people to talk to. I don't know if things will be coming up. I don't know, like we can't do anything in person right now. So just as an example, I was going to like postpone this. And then one day I was just out for a walk, listen to podcasts, catching some Pokemon. I'm like, why am I not doing this? Like, this is dumb. I'm in the, I'm in the midst of a startup. I'm in the gaming industry right now, and especially in Canada where it's not built yet, like people want to hear how you do things. People want to hear the stories. They want to see how you got to where you are. They want to hear the the pitfalls, the the toughest moments. They want to hear all of the victories. They want to hear these different people in the industry. Like I'm trying to build up Canadian esports, and I think that's the most exciting thing because I'm not the only one doing this. Obviously, Acrius is not the only one doing this, but most of it's out in Ontario. If you guys don't know Canadian geography, that's kind of the place. Um, I guess it's sort of near New York and. Uh, Detroit, I guess, Michigan, I don't really know all this geography stuff, but it's kind of in the in the eastern parts, and that's sort of where everybody thinks, like, Canada is, in a sense, right, like Toronto and all those places, but out here in the western Canada, I mean, Vancouver has a little bit of stuff, but not nearly to the extent that the states does, so I'm trying to build this up, okay, we're going to try to talk to a whole bunch of people, we're going to get people excited for esports, and I'm not saying we're going to go out there and all we're going to do is focus on Canadian esports, it's just we have a Canadian identity because obviously I'm from Canada, I live in Canada, so we're trying to build up the scene here, get some hype, but obviously I want to go compete in the States where everything's huge, that would be the dream, but right now, we're here, we're going to make it happen, we're going to build it, I went off on a little tangent there, let me just wrap this back to the point that I was trying to make, the fact that Sometimes you have to just go for it and things will happen. So I know I mentioned that one just previously to this where I was saying, oh, I used to want to be almost a perfectionist in a sense when it came to creating content. And then I had that flip that one day I was just out walking and I was like, let's just do it. So that's when I started this podcast. That's when even on the Christ YouTube channel, I was telling Alex, I'm like, we, let's just get some stuff out there. Like, I know there's some hurdles right now. The fact that we're working remotely, the fact that we don't have a studio. We never had our last year, our final year of university uh, in person where we had access to so much equipment. We could rent stuff for free. We don't have any of that now. We just graduated. It's going to be tough, but let's just get out there. 
Let's start filming. Let's start creating content. Let's start getting a team together. Let's start competing. Like just do it, right? And I think that's the, um, not to take that Nike slogan there, but it's it's sort of that mentality now where it's just start doing something and if you're doing it right, things are gonna happen. Things will fall into place and you'll get some opportunities, right? And I think um, I was listening to this other podcast a couple of weeks ago from a CDL team, a Call of Duty team called uh, Minnesota Rocker. And they were kind of saying how, because one of their creators used to be with Optic, her name is uh, Midnight, she's really cool. And also one of their owners, uh, main investors is uh, Gary V. So obviously he's like lots of things that he says. I'm like, I don't know what this guy's talking about, like whatever. I don't really listen to him to a large extent, but he just said something about like, just go and do it. Just start creating, do whatever you want to do. Just start grinding. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? We can sit around all day and wait until we're back in person and wait till we have, you know, better equipment. But at the end of the day, like I want to, I want to get started. I want to show what we can do and it's only going to go up from here. So the fact that I think we're trying to be resilient and consistent through a pandemic, which has been going on for over a year is pretty impressive. And I want to pat myself on the back for that one. And uh, also Alex and everybody who's been a part of Christ Gaming so far and our audience. And it's just been super exciting stuff. I'll get into a little bit of that later, but um, yeah, sorry. I know that's a little bit of a long intro, but I just wanted to really get that out there because I'm just so hyped and so excited to like keep building this and not only like doing Cryos and building the gaming and esports, but also like doing these things on my own too, right? Because Lucky Dip is separate from Christ, like yes, I'll have people from Christ on and we'll talk about it, but it's not from Christ, it's like my own thing. Um, down the line, we do wanna have like a Christ podcast, which will be, you know, just people from Christ, but right now, Lucky Dip, this is me going out there doing stuff. You know, I might try to make my own YouTube videos again soon, because I used to do that. Um, but YouTube videos are always harder because I just run out of inspiration and motivation to do them. I've been doing it since I was like 12, at for myself at least, but I really like making YouTube videos for other things if that makes sense like for Christ gaming we're coming up with a banger new video coming soon um actually later this week so that'll be really fun and i love doing that right it's like that's like my motivation that's what i want to do for me it's kind of tougher because i'm like well what would i make about myself because what i'm doing is kind of everything i'm doing right now is building Christ. so it's like i don't really have anything for my side to show it's kind of like go watch the cry stuff because that's what i'm putting my effort into okay enough of the tangent I'm done. That was a 10 minute intro. I really hope you enjoyed it. Listen to that in two times speed. So it's only five minutes and then I, it doesn't seem like I went off too much, but I guess that's the beauty of having a podcast because you can go off a little bit. You can take a little, you know, go down some rabbit holes. It's all a little bit of fun. Um, but I try to stay on track a bit too. Cause sometimes when podcasts go a little too crazy, I'm like, just get to your point. Just, just say what you were going to say. Cause I don't know what this other 20 minutes of whatever is. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about a few things. I have a couple of topics, a little bit of Call of Duty, just because we had a major coming up. Um, that one's going to be very brief. I also want to talk um, about a little bit of a Rocket League, just a tiny bit, because Alex and I competed in a tournament, and then, um, yeah, might have a little teaser coming up. But uh, first thing I want to talk about is esports inspiration. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, just kind of who inspired me uh, within the esports realm, the people who I'm like looking up to, and the people who I hope to one day meet, or to be... Uh, you know, in contact with eventually people who know my name in a sense, you know, I don't want that to sound like a cocky thing, but it's almost like manifesting and kind of seeing the future. I'm like, if this person knows who I am, I know that I've made it right. If I can make a living off of this, I know that I've made it. I don't need to be the richest person. I want my employees to, to live well and everything too. I don't want to be greedy, but if you can make a living off of doing what you love, your passion off of gaming, off of esports, you've made it. 
That's insane. And especially in Canada where it's so hard to find esports jobs and gaming jobs, trying to do it myself with Alex and stuff, the cries is is going to be tough and it's going to be a tough road ahead, but I'm very excited to to hopefully look back and be like we did it, you know? Um so people who have inspired me, there's two main people. The first one, I'll go into briefly. Uh, actually no, I'll do the main one first. So the main one is Hector Rodriguez, of course, Hex from Optic Gaming. And he's just such an inspiration because not only is he huge in esports and not only is Optic like my favorite team, the one that I, you know, watched when I was younger and everything like that, kind of grew up with the guys, but also he's an entrepreneur and he does so much business stuff. And it's just really inspiring that he just go, 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 you know, that mentality of just get things out there, get it done, look at our success. So from the beginning, when I was a kid, I used to always watch like optic gaming videos. I never watched competitive. I didn't watch any live streams, none of that. But I'd watch YouTube videos of optic in the optic house and the scuff house, like all of that stuff I used to love. And I, you know, I'd watch Phase and some of them too, just because it was entertaining. But optic was the main one that I watched, and I'd always watch um, optic Scumpy. I'd always watch his YouTube videos, like literally all the time. I didn't even know he live streamed. I didn't know what Twitch was at the time. Like this is like when I was young. And I'd always watch the videos just to kind of be like, not only for entertainment, but to be like, okay, here's how I can probably improve. So I'd watch them to see to learn. And I remember I'd always look at like Seth, um, his name, Optic Scumpy there. I'd always look at him and be like, okay, so how many years older is he? Because I was in junior high and he was in high school at the time um, when I was watching him a lot when I was younger. And I'd be like, okay, that's so cool. So he's competing and he's in high school. and like, oh, he must be like the most popular. You know what I mean? Like I th- used to think he was the coolest guy ever. Now he's not the inspiration for this, of course, but he's just a really um, key part of Optic Gaming and what Hex was able to do. So I think the reason that Hex is like my main inspiration, um, especially on a content side, let's say, is because he made those videos, right? Like he was the one who was making all these crazy YouTube videos, these challenges, getting the boys together in a house. And I know he's not the only one to do this, okay? I know that there's other people who do this too, especially in esports space, but he's just the one who I'd watch and the one that, you know, has kind of inspired me to keep going and whatnot. So that's why I'm focusing on, on Hex. And yeah, so they'd make all of that stuff and it was just great. And I mean, that was my form of entertainment. And, and at the time when you're younger, you don't really realize the impact that that has when you're older. But when you get older, you really appreciate what they did. And I don't really mean that personally, like an impact on me necessarily, but I mean more so, well, well I mean, yes, I guess a bit on me because like, you learn stuff as you go and you might not realize it at the time, but you look back and you're like, oh, I remember I'd know that because like Hex would do that or these are the type of videos they used to make. So like maybe I'll try making them. But the point that I mean is, is more for the industry as a whole because when they went out there and they made a whole bunch of content, they're like, content is key. Make content while competing, get a fan base, get sponsors, get brand deals. That's how you can make some money. It just really helped the industry and kind of set the standard for like, okay, maybe we should start making a podcast. Maybe we should start making YouTube videos. And if you look at lots of Hex's videos, they're not even the best edited. Like they're a lot better now because they have a, you know, a bit more of a production team, but they were just simple videos, but they were entertaining and I would watch it. I didn't watch, I didn't know they were really in competitive Call of Duty. I didn't know what that was. I never had an interest in that. I was just watching it because it was entertaining. But there was the other people, like my buddy Brayden, who was on the podcast, uh, I think last week actually, would watch some of the videos because he watched their competitive teams. So he'd watch them play Call of Duty and he wanted to see what they were like, you know, in real life. So that's kind of the coolest part about it. And the, and the part that I really appreciate the most is how many people they brought together and the amount of entertainment they gave and how much they built up the industry. And it's just it's just phenomenal. I don't know. It's just really great. And I, I guess even for the podcast, Hex is the complete motivation for doing the Lucky Dip podcast because 
I was always, okay, so I, I started this podcast, like I mentioned, I think in my first episode a few years ago, but I would just talk about nothing really. And they were like 20 minutes long. And I was like, I don't like any of these episodes. So I stopped doing it for like two, three years. Then I started listening to the eavesdrop podcast, which is Hex's own podcast again. And, you know, he'll always have guests on, but not all of them are from Optic. Not all of them are even from the gaming industry. So that's just the way he would like talk. It's usually a bit longer form, like a little bit of, you know, over an hour typically. And it's kind of just not very structured. They might talk about a few things, but it's just like hanging out, talking, and it's just entertainment, right? So when he had that, I was like, and this is very recent, like inspiration, by the way, for like this, in regards to this, like I'd listen to that eavesdrop like once in a while, but I never gave it any thought. And then as soon as I started Christ, I was like, wait a second, this could be perfect because then I could make my own podcast, which is Lucky Dip. And then I can also make future podcasts with the company. So again, with Hex and podcasts, he has the eavesdrop, which is his own. Then they also have the optic podcast when he was doing stuff with um, Andy Miller. I think his name is, I think from energy. Um, more often last year when they had the Huntsman in the CDL versus Optic before he bought them back. Um, they had the Energy Duo podcast. Like they, He's done so much stuff. Like I think the part I'm trying to break down is is you can have podcasts that are company-based. And you know those ones are like the Optic podcast is like all the Optic boys. They're always on it. They're usually about 45 minutes. They'll take like questions from comments that they see. And it's a little bit more structured, but they're also just having a lot of fun. But it's kind of around Optic and not necessarily them playing or anything, but it's like the guys from Optic only, like they're the ones who are on the podcast, right? So they're the ones talking, it's about Optic, trying to build the hype, and it's very entertaining to have a video component to it. It's great stuff. But then the eavesdrop is Hex's own thing. He can talk about whatever he wants. He can talk about things that he wants to with whoever he wants, right? He can have guests on, it doesn't matter. And so that's really cool, that distinction of having your own personal stuff, and then also your own company stuff or things within the company. So it's like building it up so much and just being so creative and having that drive to go out there and do stuff. And I think ultimately, um, again, what Hex does, I think really well too, is how they make tons of content, how he's in the content with the boys a lot of the time and how he also has his own YouTube channel where he'll post vlogs and stuff. And again, those ones aren't the craziest edited vlogs or anything, but it's like a little behind the scenes look. And I think it's cool because that's also building his personal brand. That's how you get extra money from that. That's how you build your own fan base. And I think the coolest part about esports as a whole now, just kind of moving away from Hex for a second, the coolest part about esports that I think is the fact that we are so in touch with like the new media, with social media, with creating content on YouTube. Like all of that is so fascinating to me because people who are owners of these teams, like you know who they are if they're doing content. For example, you see 100 Thieves, you know, okay, that's an aid shot who owns that because he's in all the content. You see Hex, you're like, oh, that's the owner of Optic Gaming because he's in all the content. They're making content. I could not name you a single owner of any traditional sports team in hockey, in football, basketball, none of them because it's such a different type of business. You know, yes, they make way more money and it's way more established, but they're not the ones in front of the camera. They're not the ones building an audience outside of the game. So I guess that's a downfall to esports because it's not as big, but it's also, I think, where we've had the greatest area to improve and be different and bigger than all these other sports out there eventually because we're creating content. We're showing people how we're building it. How cool would that be if right now you could look back as basketball was being formed and see the owners talking, the owners making podcasts, all the players making YouTube videos, making content. So they're not only playing the game at the highest level possible, they're also entertaining the like everybody, the audience, the fans, 
it's just so exciting. That stuff is great. And I think that's where Hex has really inspired me and not just him, but everybody who's making content in the esports world because we're at the start of esports. Everything that we do, even if it's a small part, even if this podcast, only a few people might listen to it, but it's still showing the history of of esports, especially in Canada. It's showing the history of Cry's Gaming. Who knows what that's going to turn into? Maybe it'll turn into something huge. Maybe it won't. Maybe I'll have to move on to something else, make little pivots here and there, but it's still part of the story, right? And I don't know. That's just so crazy to me. It's just so fascinating. And one last thing about Hex too that I think is so inspiring is that I heard on one of his podcasts that with Optic, he never had any investors or anything until he sold to, oh, I forget their name. I don't remember when he sold the company and then they basically like he had to leave, like they screwed everything up and then he ended up buying it back, which is incredible. A year later, he bought back his old company, like Optic. Oh, it's insane. But the fact that he just made content, you know, and, and it's harder. Yes. But it also means that he owns like everything with Optic and like Optic is his. It's just so, so cool. And I don't know what the best way is. I don't know if that's the best way because I'm so new to this. I don't know if you do it that way or if you get a whole bunch of investors, but then I feel like that can be tough because then you have people who are expecting something in return. They want, you know, the return on their investment, of course, 10 times up sometimes. Then they have a, a say, they're on the board of, like, there's so much that goes into it. And, and that's the scary part from a business perspective because I don't know what to do in that regard, right? I, I'm not sure. I know how to make content. I know how to do all that. I know how to, you know, manage people. I can do communications. I can get a team in some tournaments. But when it comes to, like, the deep, deep business stuff, that's where I'm a little bit worried about because I'm just like, how do I do this? What's the best option? Do we just make banger content, get sponsorships, get brand deals? Or do we try to build up a brand enough where we can get investors? And do we get a lot of investors? Do we get one investor? I don't know the answer to that. And I hope that down the line as I learn these things, I can talk about it on this podcast. So all of you out there who might be inspired to start an esports org or who are struggling or who are looking to get into the industry might know, okay, don't do this. Or, oh, maybe we should do this instead. Or, oh, that was really good advice. So hopefully that's what this podcast can turn into. Um, yeah, so that's enough about Hector and Hex as to kind of how he inspired me. And the other one that I'll do really quickly, I already mentioned him, is Nadeshot from 100 Thieves. And the reason that he's an inspiration is just because he took his competitive um, competitive uh, career and then turned it into something bigger than just being a player. And I'm not saying that just being a player is bad. I'm not doing anything like that. I just mean he was competitive. He was on Optic. He was taught from Hex to make content, make content, vlog, stream, anything, podcast. And he turned that into 100 Thieves, right? So eventually, or at the beginning, 100 Thieves was like a clothing company. He was kind of doing it on the side. And then uh, he had an investor, or a friend, I can't remember what, what the case is, but he had somebody who was like, you, this could be bigger than that. And then he built 100 Thieves and got huge investors. Drake is a co-owner. Uh, Scooter Bronze in it. Like so many of these people, it's just insane. Now their level of production is huge, right? So I don't want to really be necessarily as big as they are in that regard. I really like the vibe of the stuff they do. But I, I personally would rather have something more like what Hex has, where it's a bit of a smaller team, but they're like all family, if that makes sense. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about Nade and any, any of the creators there and stuff. I'm sure that they are having a lot of fun, but, and they're making huge moves, by the way. I'm not lowering that at all. I'm just saying that what Hex and the vibe of the whole, you know, Hex quarters and, and all that, I really like that. I, you know, I like having a, a bit of a smaller team and being in the content and, and also editing some of it or handpicking who's in it sort of thing. I don't know. It's just, that's what I, I kind of vibe with. But what Nadeshot did, Building Hunter Thieves is incredible. They have a huge presence online. They have an, probably the most successful um, clothing brand in esports because 
it goes beyond esports, right? It's not nerdy. It's not, you know, for geeks. It's not for just gamers. It's it's incredible merch, and it's so hard to get. It's like that hype beast um, sort of phase esque way they do it um, for their for their merch, where they have collaborations or they will have like limited drops or anything that, and the designs of them are really good. So I think it's very fascinating that they're doing that, and it just shows like the different ways that you can approach esports because for the most part, from what I've learned is that your actual competitive team in esports is not what makes you the money, right? It's not at that point yet where they're all getting huge salaries, where everything is uh, franchised in every single game, everybody's happy, we're making millions, we're on mainstream media, like, not that we need that, but, you know, it's not at that level yet where there's hundreds of years of, or not even hundreds, but even 50 years, not even, I don't know if there's freaking 20 years, technically, so we're so at such at the beginning and making these baby steps, but um, the point that I was trying to make about that is that if your team doesn't make you a lot of money, you have to find ways to make money. So there's a variety of ways to do that. And that's where I think we have to try to find what the best way for us is at Cryus. But like the way Nate Shot and them do it really is they make really great content. They have awesome sponsors and they put them everywhere. Like their house, if I'm correct, or maybe it's their compound. It's like the Cash App compound. Like their name is right in it. It's on like their building and everything they do is sponsored basically so they make tons of money from that they have the biggest creators in the game valkyrie courage our co-owners now which is a smart move because they have to pay them less but in the long run it might work and they got to keep them around uh it, it's just crazy how they're doing it they have some of the best female creators out there they're taking people like two hype i think is their name from like different sports um or different games rather and bringing them into hunter thieves and what they're doing they have a couple of teams in franchise leagues and league of legends and in call of duty they're incredible, and, and the content team they have is phenomenal. They're immaculate. I will say that. They're really, really good. Their compound's dope. Huge investors. Drake's an, an investor, co-owner. That's incredible. So those are kind of my inspiration, too, is how you can take, like, your ideas and build it and how you can make... Oh, oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. One second. <laughs> the reason that I also brought that up is, like, making content and stuff is that's how, like, they're funding a lot of things, I'm assuming, and also their clothing... Um, Usually merchandise isn't very profitable, but since Hunter Thieves isn't like uh, merch in the traditional sense, where it's just like maybe you're, I don't know how to I don't know how to word what I'm saying, but it's not like cheesy in a sense. It's like an actual clothing brand. Like you could have people out there who have never heard of Hunter Thieves Gaming or Hunter Thieves Esports or have watched video games competitively who could wear their merchandise because it's like more than just their team in a sense. It's like an actual brand. So I feel like that probably takes a lot. Um, to help fund everything, if that makes sense. I'm also guessing this is all speculation. I have no idea. I have no insider info, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I know that's hard to hear. I don't have any insider info on Nate Shot and what they're doing. It's just from what I've heard on podcasts and stuff and from following their stories. So, yeah, those are my two main esports inspirations. Uh, let me know what yours are because I like hearing what everybody's esports inspirations are. Uh, leave it in your review of the podcast. Uh, okay, we're almost at the half an hour mark right now, so I, I don't want to go on for too much longer. I'll probably go on for about 10, 15 more minutes if you can handle that, uh, handle me talking for that much longer. And let's get into a couple of other topics. Very quickly, I'll talk about Call of Duty Major that just happened. Phase 1 again, uh, not really a surprise to me. I was kind of hoping that the New York subliners would get in there and get down and dirty and beat them, but they, they couldn't quite get it. Uh, the only reason for that is because I like seeing a variety of people win, obviously, like I said, I'm an Optic fan. I would have loved to see Optic in there, but the boys had a little bit of a tough go. Um, in the major, they played very well, in my opinion. Like, things are clicking. Things are going to start improving now. But it was, like, leading up to the major and things like that. Just, you know, there are other games throughout the stage three, I think it is. 
I think we're in stage three. Well, now in stage four, but the previous one, whatever. It just, things just weren't working and stuff. And I, I do appreciate how like they're so solid in the fact that it's like instead of making a roster change every other game, they're sticking to the same roster, working through their problems, doing a whole bunch of scrimming. They stop streaming so they can focus. Sometimes they stop making content on the podcast and whatnot, and Hex has to get other people on for the Optic podcast just so they can like focus on being the best they can be. Um, so yeah, there, not much else I have to say about that phase. They're pretty dominant. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up, though, is because that was the last online major because for the next ones, it's actually going to be on LAN with no audience, which I really, really like because they can have a sick production now. It can be like a normal Call of Duty CDL production, which we only saw like two two of, two games, or maybe there's a bit more. I don't know. Whenever the pandemic first started, they had only gotten out maybe a couple of cities where they actually had a live production, and it was really interesting to watch. It way more entertaining and competitively way way better so i'm very very excited to see what the next major holds because everybody well actually not everybody um sorry what i meant to say is a lot of players who are these younger talents have never played on lan or maybe only once so it's going to be very interesting to see the skill gap see if they go down see if they go up see if they stay the same you know i think it's just going to bring a whole another level to the competitiveness because like Seth and like what the boys from Optic and stuff, and I'm sure a lot of other competitors agree, um, especially in the Call of Duty scene and whatnot. If you're if you're gaming, is when you're playing at home, there's only so much you can get into it, right? So not only is there issues with ping, you know, playing online servers, hosting, all of that is is very troublesome. Not not even to say that the even the production. Wait, what did I? I don't even know what I meant there. What I meant to say is also the production value lots of times is bad or like there's so much delay. Sometimes there's like hour delays when I'm trying to watch this thing for one match because like a player keeps getting kicked from the lobby or the internet's cutting out or they're getting kicked mid-game or it's lagging. Like things like that is just so horrible to watch and I can't imagine playing at that at that level. Um, but the point that I was making is that when you go to the stage, you're on the main stage, you're playing, even if it's not in front of a whole crowd, like, obviously, that would be the best part because you can hear them, you can see them, you can see everybody, you're getting hyped up. Like, it's still that mentality, though, of, like, you're going to a place to compete. It's on land. Like, everything there is the best it can be. And the production value will be a lot higher. We'll be able to see everybody in person, not through webcams. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be it'll be very, very good. I hope that the viewership goes up. I, I really do. And I hope that Optic and the boys can clutch up and win a major. That would be phenomenal. But it's just, it's just great to see that land's coming back. And I'm very, very excited for that. And, um, you know, I'm glad that there's no people and, and no spectators yet. Although I know that I think the States, their vaccine rollout's like way higher than it is in Canada. Uh, it's kind of tough to get them up here, but still, I think the pandemic in, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything. I'm hoping that it ends soon. We all get healthy. We can start opening some stuff up and we can start, you know, hanging out with each other again, being in person a little bit more. I miss, I miss seeing everybody. It's really sad, um, when you think about it too much. So I don't want to think about it. I don't want to dwell on it. I'm excited for LAN to come back. That's all I wanted to say. Now let's move on to what I did this weekend. And the reason that I know from a competitor's level how much more fun it would be on, in person is because uh, this weekend, uh, the co-founder of Christ Gaming, Alex Brody and myself, competed in a 2v2 Rocket League tournament with Edmonton Direct and the Alberta Esports Association. So <laughs> what we did is a few weeks ago, we were like, hey, we want to like start scouting for players. So we were I'm um, talking to a few contacts that we know, and they're like, well, one of the best ways is to watch tournaments and, you know, kind of see who some of the better players are, then reach out to them. So we're like, all right, well, we see this 2v2 tournament coming up. We want to support local. 
So let's let's uh, watch that one. And then I just had this stupid idea of, wait, Alex, why would we watch it when we can just compete in it? It's it's 2v2, you and me, let's do it. So we entered it, and for the past few weeks we were practicing, and I've never played 2v2 Rocket League before. Alex didn't really either because we normally play threes and whatnot. So I got a few scrims in just on, uh, what's it called, competitive? No, it's not that. Casual competitive? Maybe it is competitive. Yeah, it probably is. I'm just trying to think of the playlist name. So we're in that. We're both plat, uh, flipping between like you know low plat, high gold. So for those who don't play Rocket League, it's uh, it's like bronze, silver, gold, plat, diamond, and then it goes up from there to like champ, grand champ, supersonic legend. I they probably missed some. Um, so we're kind of like in the middle tier, a little bit lower than middle tier, like high lower middle tier, if that makes sense. So we enter this tournament, and I'm dragging that on. <laughs> but the funny part is that we didn't know the ranks of anybody else in it like at all and so as soon as we actually started the tournament we were completely in over our heads we 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 cannot compete against these guys they they are so far ahead of us they're flying through the air i can't even get my car off the ground and hit the ball usually sometimes i can't even hit the ball when it's on the ground so i think the the main point that i'm trying to make about that is i really respect Rocket League players who are at the highest level now because, you know, Call of Duty, like, I am I can hold my own for the most part, right? Like, I can actually, you know, do some decent stuff, right? I, I miss that clutch factor oftentimes, but sometimes I don't shoot straight either. But the point is, is I, I kind of know um, what that skill level is like, if that makes sense. Not even that I play at it, but I, like, understand it because I understand the game so much. But with Rocket League, I didn't really understand. Like, I could watch them play, like, in the RLCS, and I could be like, that looks easy enough. And then as soon as you're actually in game in that arena playing against them, you're like, okay, that that skill gap is insane. Like I I don't know how they're doing that. The mechanics is in, in, incredible. I don't even I, my brain can't comprehend what they do to do the things that they do. So yeah, that didn't go over very well, but it was very funny. So uh, Alex streamed it live on his Twitch. We hosted it on the Christ Gaming Twitch account, and we're also in the process right now of filming and editing a video about it. So. That is the little announcement that I have, is that we're going to have another banger YouTube video out later this week. Uh, should be out on Friday. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We're just going to play into how bad we are and the fact that we went into it looking for players and it just got absolutely dominated. But it was a lot of fun. And bringing it back to, to kind of the point about LAN and how I said I, I can understand that competitive mentality. Well, I'm playing in this tournament and I'm sitting in my room in the same spot that I'm sitting in right now as I'm recording this podcast. And like... Yes, you can be a little bit competitive because you're like, okay, like we're playing in a tournament, but then there's only so much you can do with that, right? Because you're not actually like at an event. You're not actually competing in front of people. It's just you and your computer on Discord with your teammate entering some lobbies and getting absolutely dominated. So I guess in that regard, I can see a sliver of what they probably feel at the highest level for, you know, whatever game that is, whether it's a Valorant. Well, actually, no, they're in Iceland, so that's different, but... um they're in person, but I mean like Call of Duty or like Rocket League and stuff. Competing in these majors and stuff from your house or even from like a compound, doesn't. I can see how that does not feel the same. I can see how you do not get into that competitive mindset, the the winning mindset as much, because it kind of just feels like another scrim. Like even when we were playing and getting like dominated, we kept being like, can we just forfeit? Like how do we get out of this? But it's like we can't. Like we're in a tournament, so you sort of forget that because you're stuck in the same place you normally are, and you just don't have that you know, build up of like traveling somewhere like, hey, we're going to this venue and like we're going to compete. 
So I, I can just imagine how exciting that would be, how nerve-wracking that would be, and how much that would just make you want to compete and play at the, the highest level you can and how hyped that would be if you're winning and uh, you know just, just that rivalry that be that's created. So that's where I'm hoping that once this pandemic's over, we can start having those events again and kind of build up communities and you know go out and meet people and film with people and have actual in-person tournaments just to like bring that vibe back of like, all right, let's see what you got. You know what I mean? It's not... It's not online right now. This is this is in real life. This is in person. Like, let's go. There's a there's an audience here, so I think that'd be a lot of fun, and it'll make the content a lot more fun too. Once we have actual people uh, to to kind of cheer on and whatnot, and that's not going to be for me and Alex. That's going to be for our teams, of course. <laughs> They're not going to be cheering for us. We'll be in the crowd, getting everybody hyped up, and you know, I'll sign a few autographs. Don't worry. If you want an autograph from me, I'll practice it. I'll get that out there. But for the most part, I'm going to guess that the majority of people there are going to try to be supporting the players. And hopefully, here's why I want to make content and stuff. Let me just tell you right now. It's because if we make content a lot, we build our players up, they get a fan base, they get people who want to see them winning. We go to these tournaments, boom. We got people who are rooting for us, people who are fans, people who want to see our boys win. And that's what gets me the most hype. People want to see Christ Gaming on top. I want to see them on top. I want to get these other people to see them on top. The way to des- best way to do that is win lots of stuff, win lots of tournaments, win in leagues, remain undefeated, do things like that, crazy competitive stuff, but also make awesome content, live stream, YouTube videos, hop on podcasts, let people know who you are. Who's the personality behind this player? Who's the face behind this Discord name? You know what I mean? Who's the? It's just so exciting when you get to know these people, you build relationships, you can tell stories, build up storylines. Bro, I'm just getting so hyped just thinking about it right now. Um, so in the future, I'm really hoping that we can do some of that and uh, get some people involved and build a fan base. If you're here first, you're one of the first fans of the Cryos Gaming uh, Club. There you go. We're going to see more of you in the future. I hope. No, I don't hope. I know. I know we'll get there. It's just hard starting out. It can be a little demoralizing. Not demoralizing. Holy, that was dramatic. Wow. That's, that's probably the most dramatic thing I've ever said. It can be demoralizing. Um, no, I just meant it can be like a little hard to get going sometimes when you don't have that huge fan base built yet. Um, because you're just starting. People don't know who you are yet. But with some hard work, dedication, consistency, and some good content, and also once we actually have a team and you know are competing and winning tournaments, that will also help because then people will see us and give credibility to the Cryus Gaming name. Uh, yeah, but it's just getting started, getting things out there, and uh, it'll be exciting. I was going to talk a little bit more about Rocket League, but to be honest with you, I can save that for another podcast. And, uh, you know, if you stay to the end of the podcast, you know you always get a little you get a little treat. You know, you stayed the whole time. I'm going to tease something in the beginning. Well, I'm going to tease something right now. If you stayed this long in the podcast, you deserve to hear this. Alex and I, we went to that tournament, right? The 2v2 tournament. And we were, we, were, we did it to look for a roster. Um, we might not have had to actually look for one at that tournament. That's all I'm going to say about that. You'll see coming soon. We have some good announcements coming soon. Don't worry. Some things are going to start rolling out. After this week, after this, uh, after this week, next week, expect some announcements, folks. That's all I'm going to say on the whole subject. Okay, don't tell Alex I told you that. And uh, that's it for the podcast. Before I spill any more beans, before I let any more cats out of the bag, if you know what I'm saying, um, I'm going to end that right there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lucky Dip Podcast, episode number five. We'll be back again next week. Might have a guest on, might not. Might have some more news to break, might not. We'll see. 
Uh, I don't plan a week in advance for this podcast. I kind of just talk to some people, see who wants to hop on. And if they do, we get on and start recording. That's the beauty of it. All right, everybody. Have a great day, a great morning, great evening. Whenever you listen to this, go out, catch some more Pokemon and enjoy. Hope you had a great time listening to me and I'm making this intro five minutes versus 10 seconds. I don't know why. It's just sometimes I get in the mood where I just want to keep talking, but like I don't. Does that make any sense? I, I like keep saying stuff, but it doesn't really mean anything. Okay, announcement soon. See you later, everybody. Bye.